Speak Better Best Books with authors, readers, and other endangered species. I'm your guide, Katerina Valentin. Come and join us. So welcome everyone to this episode of Big Better Best Books. And today's guest is Wendy Mulder from Australia, who's written a book called Dying Happy, The Gift of Choice. So welcome, Wendy, um, to this show. And um, well, why don't you just tell us, how come you wrote this book? How did it come about? Yes, yeah, so, so it's a uh, good evening here <laughs> in uh, Brisbane, Australia. Well, for me, it was just, I just saw that was such a requirement that you can actually have ease with the area with grief and one particular area that dying happy the gift of choice is about actually uh, looking after someone who is dying and doing it with an ease and that was how it came about with my mother and and how we just use these simple basic tools and the the the, the biggest I think the biggest tool was right at the beginning I actually made the choice that I would do this and I would do it with ease and I wouldn't stress and I wouldn't actually find myself getting caught up in disappearing with all of the things that might go on when someone is ill. And that was just such a magical thing because the whole process, why I was looking after her that got me to write the book, was I could actually do it. It was my choice and I could actually do it with an ease and the areas that weren't ease for me, I could delegate it to the other people that was fun for them. So, so Wendy, so Wendy, let me just let me just break in here because so basically the book is based on your you, what you went through or what you what you created really when you were taking care of your dying mother is that a, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So how long did this go on for? So so just so they know, like what you know, how long was this process with you being the caretaker for your mother? Well, it's it's actually there was it's an interesting question you're asking that because there was it was a long process because there were many different stages. Mm. There were stages of when she was in her home, and then there were stages of when she was living with me. Um, Probably twelve months, maybe eighteen months, all up. Right. Yeah, and it was just I suppose because of my background with nursing. It was, uh, I'd seen so many situations of where people didn't actually make a choice, but it became very stressful for them. And this was just so different. You know, I had, um, my mother died last summer and she, she was sick for a long time in cancer and she, um, she chose not to continue with the I don't know what it's called in English, but the, the medicines that you, because it made her so sick. So she she was dying for a period. You know, we knew she was going to die for a period of two years, and she had home care. Um, in Sweden, you can have home care, and she, she she stayed home till the very very end. And my dad was also there. But one of the things that was so amazing to me was this home care people that they came twice a day and took care of her. And they were such amazing people. I was, I was so, they were very much about what you talk about, the choice, like the, her choosing, her choosing 
what she wanted her life to be like those last, making it possible for her to, you know, go out on excursions <laughs> and seeing concerts and, you know, helping her to, to have that life. And I talk to them sometimes about, you know, it must be hard to, to spend every day with dying people. And they said it was the most amazing gift to spend time with people who were at that point where they knew they were so there, they were so present. And and they said some of the conversations we have are some of the most beautiful ones you can have. So would you like to talk about, that's the part of the gift, I think, that you talk about too. Would you like to talk a little bit about what gift that, that you received from this time with your mother? Yeah, well, oh, this yeah, there's so many, so many gifts. And I think one of the things was, you know, just really enjoy ourselves and have gratitude, like every day. And, and really just, um, you know, I just think of those moments, maybe pushing my mum around in the wheelchair and talking to her, having some really fun conversations, like, you know, the whole thing about with her funeral or, you know, and, and, and she just had such a clarity. She had such a, um, it was just, it was such a gift in the sense is that a lot of those areas where in this reality or this society, it's like taboo not to talk about it. And it's actually really refreshing to talk about these things and to like, in the sense is, you know, we were talking about like with a funeral and what did she, how did she want it all to go? And what did she, and one of her main requests was that she never wanted to go into hospital. She wanted to be able to die at home. And I was really happy to, I was just like, yes, I'm really, really happy to do that. And the gift of all the, all the, the family around us, like we all work together. And that was really, was such a gift to me to see that you actually, you can actually all work together if you just are willing to actually not get into judgment about stuff, just have gratitude for each other, acknowledge what someone's good at and just make it the best time ever. And I, I must agree that I would say this time when we knew my mother was dying, our whole family came together in a completely different way. And I mean, it was such a gift to see all the, you know, all the things that had been going on just disappeared because they didn't matter anymore. It doesn't, all the small little, yeah, you know, that you can have in a family, they disappeared. And instead, yeah, we looked at what we were good at, what we could contribute and what we could contribute to each other. So I would say that that's like the possibility when somebody chooses. So when you when you're introducing in the book when you're talking about this and you're using the access consciousness tools well would you first could you just describe how you see those tools and like what what they are for you well those tools for me were just like these um magic um like just for example the tool of like you know cleaning the slate from the day before and, and like, as I said, where access consciousness is where you uncreate and destroy your relationship um, to, to your, you know, in my case, to my mom, to all my family. So each day is a new day. And so there's a freshness to that. There's an excitement to that. There's an enthusiasm to that. And to be able to, to have that tool, to have gratitude for myself, that was another, like, that was another a wonderful thing because I was, 
actually on those days where maybe I was really tired or I'd been out all day with both of my parents, I was willing to just also include me and you know, I, I'd be in that question of what else is possible, uncreating and destroying every day, having gratitude. Um, can't even remember half of them, <laughs> but they were just a lifesaver to me. One of the tools that was really helpful during this time for me was who does this belong to? Yeah. Because there's so much projections, expectations, judgments, all of that around dying that yes. that aren't really ours. So that, that was really – so would, would you be able to talk a little bit about that tool and how one can apply that in situations like this? Yeah, absolutely. So who does this belong to is just uh, an amazing tool because it's like as, you know – well, I've just seen it time and time again. It's just like so much with grief is so much significance with it. So not, and who does this belong to? You get to see that 99.9% of those thoughts, feelings, and emotions are not yours. So when you have that, it brings so much more ease, you know, so much more ease into your whole, you know, way of functioning as, as that carer. Because, I mean, I can remember conversations that, the doctor would have with me about how terrible my mum was, how terrible it was going to be. She was going to have a terrible death. And I'm just so, and on the phone to hearing this, and I, and to me it was like, wow, I, this is not mine. I don't have to buy this. I have a choice here. And it was that energy of, wow, I can change this. I don't actually have to choose that. Like it's it's not I don't do you know what I mean? I do, and and I really I think it matters more than anything because if you buy the doctor's point of view that your mom's going to have a horrible death, then that's how you will see it, and that's what will you know partly get created. But if you have a, the point of view that something completely different is possible, you can also give that point of view to people around you. And I know I asked you before the show if if you ever. I think have you ever been afraid of death and and you answered that you hadn't so I would say in would you talk a little bit about that because most people are I don't know actually that may be a point of view too that most people are afraid of death <laughs> but many people at least think they are afraid of death so how did that help you this how you view death if that makes sense like did your own point of view about death when all this started well, it just, the first thing that always comes up for me, it, it's just the relationship just changes. Like it, it's, it's the actual, like the actual person with someone dying. It's really, if, if, and that's what I found with my point of view where there was, I had no point of view about it. There was an ease with it. And that would even blew me out because when my mum did die, it was so easy. It was so beautiful. She wasn't on pain relief. And that was just my point of view that this is just going to be an ease. And the other side of it is that when, when people die, they go into the significance of it or, or there's it's taboo or the grief of it. And what about if it could be the totally different? What about if you could just, celebrate and that's what my mum's point of view just celebrate and have gratitude for me this is just a normal process and it was she she was in my house my kids were growing up they were going off to school she'd be saying don't forget you gotta take such and touch to sports and it was so natural it was so normal 
it was just like, okay. And then when she, and then when it was that she chose to go, she chose to go. And that was my, that was my whole point of view as well. So there was such, it was a natural thing. It was what she was choosing. And then the next part of that was what, what if we didn't have to go into sadness about this? What if we actually had so much joy and gratitude for that person for as long as she was here with us that that would actually assist her so that she could actually, it's sort of like an energy that assisted her that she knew that there was joy in our world and there wasn't sadness and pain because she'd gone. So is this book mainly for caregivers or is it also for people that may have received that, you know, information that they could be dying or they will die, you know, whatever form, what would you say? Well, it's, you know, it's just got those really basic tools in it. So it really is for anyone really who is looking at any area with death and dying, really. Yeah. No, I would agree. I just wanted to point that out because there may be somebody listening who could use that. What have the reactions been you know, around when you like for the book, what have you what have you received from people reading it or finding it in the store? And yeah, well, people have just have been amazing. Like it's um, because I always used to think, oh, you know, talking about grief, you know, it's probably going to bring up a lot of stuff for people. But pe- people's response have been amazing. They've just been like, wow, thank you so much. And a lot of people have said, oh, I wish I'd known about this book when my mum died or when my friend died or, you know, just and, and that really reinforced for me that, yes, this requires to be out there, that we don't actually have to, you know, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't, um, you know, it, it it's it's okay. Like, and it's okay. It's okay to die and it's okay to grieve and there's no right and wrong way with it. It's just being willing to, to just be there for that person, whatever it is that's going on. So, um, if you could give, if you met somebody, you know, say, you know, people usually say an elevator, but on a plane or something like that. And, (laughs) and they said that, you know, my friend is dying or my mom or dad is dying what would be the one tool that you would give them you know just to give them a a first first help in this process what would that be I actually think it would be gratitude I think that would be the the one thing that really pops is actually um gratitude for themselves, but also well, and gra- just gratitude all around. Gratitude for having, gratitude for having known this person, or gratitude, just being being there for that person as well, and having the gratitude as part of 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 who you be. Because uh, the other side of it is, I have dealt with a lot of people who have died or and have been in that process of dying, and a lot of people want to, we've got to do this or we've got to do that. We, you know, we can't let this happen. There, there must be another treatment we can find for them. There, there must be some other diet they can have. There must be some other doctor they can go to. And a lot of times that person that's dying gets very, very overwhelmed with that. 
and they find it sometimes really, really confusing. And what I've found is just be there for that person. Just be there. Just allow them to be what, allow them to choose whatever they want to choose and have no judgment and have gratitude. You know, it's funny because when you say that, I realize that, you know, that could be good in any situation, just be there for a person. And, and we're not trained to do that in this reality. We are trained to try to find a way out. We're always trained to try to find like a solution or in it's like a problem. Dying is a problem. <laughs> we have to find the answer or the solution. <laughs> so it's what you're saying is what if dying isn't a problem? What if it's just it's just a different way, something that occurs that you can be with? Would that be correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it's 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 even if even if you know, like they're not cognitive aware that that's what their choice is. But the best thing is just to be there. Be have allowance. Allow them whatever they, is they're choosing, so that then if there is something else that may come up for them or some other way that they direction they may go, that's their awareness. That's their choice. And I've just seen it. Like um, I've seen it f- from people, and I've also seen it from the medical profession. Is like, and it just you know it it really is and really has just come back to me so much is just be there for that person and maybe it might be just to be willing to listen to that person allow them with no point of view having gratitude and have no judgment and you know what gift can that be to that person it's like there's a peace when you when you talk about this that it's like um the energy that comes up when you talk about it is like you create the space for them for choice. You create the space for them to just be with what is occurring. And, you know, in a way that when you continuously look for, you know, a way out or try to find, you know, like you say, different treatments or continuously look at that, you, you don't have the time to be with what is occurring there's a beautiful movie. I can't remember the name, like Me Before You or something, where there's a man who has been in a motorcycle accident and he chooses to go and die in Switzerland. In the end, he chooses to end his own life. And I, and there's such a piece at the very end because it is his choice. It is his choice to die and his family around him. And they don't really wish this, but there is this piece because he actually has the... I would say the, the the power to choose for his, for himself for his own life, and and that then creates a peace. So, could you talk a little bit about that that choice that you're kind of giving them by being with them with no point of view and no judgment? Yeah, absolutely. Like you really, um, I suppose it, it is really allowing them to recognize the reality of or whatever that word is to recognize that. They that it's okay. I think that's a big thing because a lot of people, because it's such a like, oh, you know, you're dying and then there's all the grief and then there's all the significance and then there's all the different things that we can do to, you know, to try and change it. And yet in that allowing them to choose, there is just a joy, there's a peace, there's, there's a, yeah, there's, there's, there's actually not even words for it, but there's... <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I, I may have put it badly, but the thing I was looking at is that sometimes when somebody's dying, it's like their life is taken away from them and it's taken over by all the doctors and everybody trying to suggest things. And by allowing yeah. their choice, you're giving them their life back that suddenly they actually get to choose what's going to occur for them in their life. And that's an honoring of them and their life. So that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's really allowing that. Like I, I always think of the situation like even with my mum, for her, like she was like, you know, take that away, take him into the bush, into the, you know, the outback of Australia, which is where he really, where he's really happy and, and he enjoys life because she wanted him to be there. And a lot of people couldn't understand that at the time. They were like, but he's, you know, doesn't he need to be here with, you know, with your mum? And yet I totally got where she was coming from because she wasn't well. She was happy to be in at home with me, but she also loved him. And she's like, well, what, what would bring him joy while I'm going through this? So it was so wonderful. So, you know, my brothers took on that role and they took him, you know, out into the outback in amongst, the, you know, with the cattle and the bush and, you know, and I was, I didn't have a point of view about it. I was willing to go with what her choices were. That's and, beautiful. Yeah. And and it it's really, and, and I mean, so he only really arrived back and a lot of, he only arrived back probably a day or so before she died, but I got, she wanted him to have that joy to be in the place where it's joyful for him. And she knew that he couldn't cope with seeing how she was, but she knew I could. And so it was, you know, it was, it was, it was just, yeah, really beautiful. And the inner clarity about what's actually required. I once heard somebody talk about kindness, that to be truly kind is to know it was Gary Douglas, actually, the founder of Access Consciousness. And I was asking him what the difference between being nice and being kind was. And he said, being nice, that's making people feel good continuously. You know, that's your aim. But being kind is to be willing to be aware of what someone requires and then providing it. <laughs> and those are two very different wow. things. And that's kind of what you're talking about here. Your mom was willing to be aware of what everyone required and she was willing to ask yeah. for that thank you for giving us that example I wanted to ask you a little bit you said your, your background was in nursing so was this the first book that you've written uh no yeah. <laughs> the first book I actually wrote was uh learning from grief and that was actually about um, the other side of it is supporting someone after their loved one had died. And it just, and it, it, it actually talks about all of the different activities that we did, the support that we gave this friend of mine, like every month we would catch up with her and we would do different things. And we did that for, you know, for 12 months. Because one of the things with grief as well is that everyone's there right at the beginning and everyone's there and they want to help out. And then, you know, grief works differently for so many different people. I mean, time's not, time's not real. So we actually made that effort and then I wrote the book about it of how we we just did fun things every month and caught up with her and then she went on and 
created a book and did paintings and but it was just yeah so it's a it's a fun book about how we supported her oh that's great so um it's actually about kindness again you were looking at what she required every week and you were providing that so say again the title of that book so we make sure that the listeners hear so it's what was it so so the first book is called learning from grief Mm. Um, yeah, learning from grief. And and it, it's really interesting because the whole thing with grief is sort of was one of those things that I sort of fell into because, like, I've been nursing for a long, long time and, you know, and I've done a lot of, like, palliative care and all those different areas. And then it, would, it just, you know, people would call me up and say, well, you know, can you assist me with this? And, and that's really how it started. So I was like, wow, well, maybe, you know, it'd be great for more and more people to see that there is a different possibility and particularly with these access consciousness tools like that's really that made a big change for me so those are the two books you published so far is that correct yes that's correct are you working on anything right now well i am i'm actually would just love to um it's like pragmatic tools uh, I forgot my I've got the title now now, but just just a, a little booklet on some really simple pragmatic tools to deal with uh, everyday grief. Oh, so when you write, and I haven't, it has, it doesn't have a title yet, or <laughs> no no no, I just you know, yeah. <laughs> probably changed a hundred times. <laughs> so how do you, how do you write? Like how does your writing process? Do you sit down? Do you like how does it work for you when you write? No. Well, it's actually really interesting because it's like, you know, I have the pen and paper with me wherever I go. And one of the other things too, though, that I've, because originally when I first started to write, I was like, I had a real point of view about writing and talking and speaking and spelling. And, And that's why I used to always think it was funny that here I am writing a couple of books. So I write wherever. And the other thing is what I do too is I just talk into a microphone. And sometimes that works and then I just get someone to type it up. So it really becomes very simple and very easy. So it's, um, you know, when you, you literally use the old-fashioned way of writing the words in a paper, I love that. And then somebody else types it up for you. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there's, something about, there's something about that. Like I love writing the words on paper. There's just something about just seeing the words on paper for me that works really well for me. And I love the fact of, you know, I'll just go somewhere and I'll just write and write and write and write. I won't necessarily look at what I'm writing, but I'll just go for it because I know I'm just following the energy that's there at the moment, at that time. And then I'll give it, and then I'll give it to someone else to make sense of my writing, (laughs) edit it or do whatever. Or the other side of it is I'll just get someone to just come and ask me questions and I'll record it. And they will type it up for me. You know, I can just see you, you know, sitting in different places, writing on your books. So that actually brings us to the end of this show. We're out of time. Thank you so much for joining us, Wendy. And thank you for being willing to talk about things that most people really avoid talking about. Hope to have you on again when your new book comes out. Bye, everyone. Until next time.